Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, where we're in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Today on the show, we're wrapping up our loose series of uncomfortable sayings of Jesus, and we're going to be talking about forgiveness. One of the biggest eye-openers for me as I started to pay a little bit more attention to the words of Jesus and, and not just skip over things was how big of a deal forgiveness is to Jesus. For me, I think I've always been pretty aware of my need for Jesus' forgiveness, but I've really failed to understand what my role is in forgiving those around me. I think this topic fits in really well with our series on uncomfortable sayings of Jesus because forgiveness isn't something we really like to look at. It's never really fun to have to be forgiven, and it's super uncomfortable trying to forgive somebody else. And so today we're going to be joined by Chloe Wellsand as our guest, and she's somebody I've learned a lot about forgiveness from, and hopefully she'll be able to share a lot with us about why forgiveness is such an important topic to Jesus. Stick around after that, and I will give you a little bit of a personal update on my own life, my wife's life, and what's going on with us. I've been promising news on our baby on the way and some of the other things that we've experienced in serving here and so I want to get to those after that. There's also going to be ways that you can get involved in social media, connect with the podcast, so I'll share all of those after our interview. But for now, sit back and enjoy the uncommon truth. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. I've got Chloe Wellsand here. And before I get you in here, Chloe, I'm going to, because we're a real podcast, we have to do the bios for people. And so I've spent a little bit of time writing your bio. I hope I get it right. So Chloe is on pastoral staff here at the Father's House. She comes from near Cardiff in Wales. Um, I'm going to get you to tell us that, that hometown here in a little bit. Yeah. She's got a degree in English literature from Warwick University and a teaching degree from a university in Cardiff in Wales. And I'm allowed to call her a Brit, but I'm not allowed to call her English. <laughs> and uh, and she loves music and travel and has done random voiceover work for an advertise, uh, advertisement on a, clu- a cruise ship advertising gold nuggets and gold nugget jewelry. Um, her her accent adds about 40 IQ points to the average American listener. So welcome to the uncommon truth, Chloe. Thank you, Max. <laughs> so sorry, I'm, she's blushing a little bit, but you know, I have to do my best with these, these bios to make people, you know, feel comfortable on, on the show. Brilliant. So Chloe's here because she's been somebody I've learned a lot from in, in the school of transformation in the year that I've been here. And she's got a lot of really cool stuff to share with us. So can you tell us a little bit of, I guess people are going to notice that you're not from, from Northern California. And here we are in really warm Northern California in Southside Oroville. If you hear kids uh, yelling, we have some kids outside on the play structure out back. Um, If you hear really loud bass, that's just the neighbors driving around in their souped up cars. So, uh, but how'd, how'd you get here? Um, about eight years ago, I came here on a mission trip um, with another friend from England and a friend from Peru. Um, and there was a bunch of us here on a team. And I just came here. I fell in love with the place. I fell in love with how real 
um, it is, how real the people are, um, and just the power of what is going on here in Oroville, in California. Um, and I just really felt the Lord calling me back here. So I went home, I got my visa, and a month later I came back. And I came back just to do a six-month school, actually. Right. But that was all those years ago. Yeah, that, that happens to the best of us. Yes. <laughs> so this is my favorite question to ask people that have come from outside here. What was your first impression of Orville, like th- the place? Because I have some, I have some pretty inter- Like I don't think I'll ever forget my first impression of Orville. Right. I was pretty shocked, um, which I feel a little bit bad saying, but just <laughs> I came from just a, a quite different place, and I was pretty shocked um, just to see how people um, can live. But I was especially shocked that it was here in America. Yeah. You know, I thought this was only in Africa or India or just somewhere else across the world. And and these are places that I've been to and I've seen um, that kind of poverty as well um, and that kind of hardship as well. But I had never thought that it would ever be here. Yeah, I think I felt the same thing. Like, I, I don't know, the guy riding his bike without tires on his bike and like why where are we again did did I cross some border that I wasn't sure about yeah so confusing so tell me like how so you ended up here you you were on a team was that through Toronto yeah I went to um like a bible school in Toronto and that was um for about half a year and they send you around the world on mission trips so I was really hoping that I was going to be on the Ghana mission trip yeah um, is what I've been hoping for all the way through um, and then I found out it was Oroville which I knew nothing about um, so I was shocked for a minute but when I got here I just so knew that it was the right place for me mm. to be sent to and it really has been life-changing in many ways okay so here at the father's house you've got a, a specialty what what is that what like this is something I'd never heard about at all in mm. Christianity before I came here. Right. So tell our listeners a little bit about what it is you get to do for Jesus on a daily basis. Um, I get to be involved in our inner healing department, which we also call prayer ministry. Um, so probably the, the closest word that we would put to that is some form of counseling, but we're definitely not professional um, right. counselors, and it's very much more ministry prayer um, oriented. But it's just this amazing opportunity for us to allow this space where where Jesus can really heal the pain, heal the hurts and um, from our pasts and where we can just really hear his truth, where we've believed lies just deep in our foundations and just from the world and just from stuff around us. We really allow the Lord to come and speak his truth to us. And then we get a choice. We get a choice what we're going to believe and what we're going to choose to walk out and what we're going to do with it. So when healing is just one small part um, of the journey of freedom, of healing, of walking towards Jesus, of looking more like him, mm. living like him, and sharing him with this world. It's a really exciting thing. I love I love what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it has been super interesting to, to hear about those sessions and be in them myself. And yeah. um, I don't know, we'll maybe get into a little bit more of that later. We're talking a little bit today. Later on, we'll be talking a little bit about how, what Jesus says, some of the uncomfortable or unfamiliar things that Jesus says about about forgiveness because some of the other episodes we've been on are uncomfortable sayings of Jesus and yeah. uh, forgiveness if you're not super familiar mm. if you haven't read your gospels for a while mm. there are some pretty hard sayings of, of Christ on on forgiveness yeah. that I I had definitely not 
Mm. I hadn't even really paid attention to him until yeah. I came here. Same here. Um, so, okay, but we're skipping ahead a little bit. Give us a little bit of like like a 10,000-foot view of your life leading up to now living in in Orville. Mm. So a quick overview would be um, grew up with four of us kids. Um, oh, what was the name of the, the town oh, the again? Town. Um, so I grew up in a place called the Vale of Glamorgan. Which That's awesome. <laughs> just outside Cardiff, which is the capital of Wales. It's also probably where Gandalf comes from or something like that. Right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> sounds, sounds very similar. <laughs> very mystic. <laughs> Um, I would try and say the longest place name in Wales to sound impressive, but I'm sure there'll be Welsh people listening to this at some point and I'll probably hash it, so I won't do that. (laughs) But yeah, so it's it's this place just outside of Cardiff, um, and I was born in Cardiff, though, actually. Uh, Four kids in our family. I'm number two, and mum and a dad. And we just, we grew up um, loving Jesus. We grew up going to church. And I had heard a lot of the stuff. You know, I, re- I really had heard a lot of the stuff. I had some amazing um, teachers and leaders in my family. And just for some reason, um, I had just overlooked, I think, a bunch of stuff or zoned out from some of the truth um, somehow. And I, I just wasn't fully living it. Like I wasn't mm. living a bad life, um, according to the world. But I wasn't living a life that was was really all in, was really passionately with everything I had running after the Lord. But I, I started to develop um, a love for mission trips, actually, especially okay. when I was 17. And from that year onwards, I went on a bunch of mission trips. And I just, I started to rekindle this love relationship that had started for me when I was seven um, with Jesus. And then I had kind of just got got a bit lukewarm um, mm. during all of my school years, to be honest. And then... Yeah. Um, went to university and just not only had this big revival in my own heart, but this big revival in in my little world around me, you know? And I just, for the first real time, just really grew in my relationship with him and had to stand on my own two feet with it, not just because people around me believed certain things, right. but because I was choosing um, to look into certain things and to believe certain things. And I just went on a big, long journey, I would say, from that point of just growing in my personal relationship with him, you know, right. lots of challenges along the way, lots of good stuff along the way. Um, but it, yeah, it's led me to many different places and jobs and people, mm-hmm. and it's been amazing. Okay. So there, there were some hard times for you too, right? Yeah. Is there, is there any of that, that kind of, I guess, has something to do with our, our topic that we're going to be talking a little bit more. We'll do deal with forgiveness and what Jesus says about forgiveness a little bit abstractly. Yeah. But does that hit home for you at all? It really does. Um, what I think with hindsight that I've seen for my own life, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate to have to admit this. Um, but I was definitely on the end of the spectrum where I kind of blamed outwards probably from a place of disliking myself, but I turned my blame outward. So I actually ended up living in a lot of unknown unforgiveness Mm -hmm. towards other people, I would say. And I wasn't fully aware of it. I, you know, it wasn't all at a conscious level, but um, I was living in a way where, yeah. That makes sense. I get that. It feels like, 
I don't know. It feels like when you when you get your picture taken with a flashbulb and there's spots you can't see for like 10 minutes. And if you go to uh, a wedding or uh, like a graduation or something and you're the person that's being wed or graduated, you know, like you just mm-hmm. you're getting these bright spots that become like dead spots in your vision. That's what I feel like mm. forgiveness was as a topic right. for me. Right. So if somebody before before coming to, mm. to the father's house, if somebody would ask me, and I was a Christian for more than half my life at this point, my theology on forgiveness, it would have all to do with I've been forgiven. And it would have almost nothing to do with I have any forgiving to do but i i hadn't i wasn't biblically illiterate Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a fact i hadn't really read through or had i i guess it's a focal focal point that i wasn't focusing on so it felt like a blind spot for me yeah yeah that's actually a really great way to see it that's a powerful description and i would say that i really identify with that a lot you know i had read the lord's prayer a bunch of times and those verses that follow the Lord's Prayer, where it literally says, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. Yeah. You know, and then there's other parables and other places where where similar messages come through. But if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. And I had read that so many times. And somehow for me too, I still had that blind spot, I would say. I either would think there wasn't a need for forgiveness or that I just had forgiven. By, mm-hmm. by nature of being a Christian, just yeah. that somehow it was dealt with and it was done. And I quickly began to see that that actually wasn't the case. Yeah. So thinking exactly of the Lord's Prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up and a lot of my family were Catholic. And so I knew the Lord's Prayer because they had said it, you know, that was prayer before dinner at family events and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I I think sometimes they'd even go on to that part, you know, and mm-hmm you know, forgive or you will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's a conditional statement, right? Yeah. There's an if yeah. and a then. Yeah. And I know we, we talked about, like Steve is on often on the podcast talking about, hey, you know, there's there's actually some standards here, right? In, in all sorts of different areas of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we, whenever those standards exist for us in the West, we sort of like almost like my daughters when they don't want to hear something, hands mm. over the ears and yeah. just like, la, 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 I can't hear you, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, when we run into something that's so yeah. challenging, yeah. that it's almost like, well, I I've, I'm, I think I've dealt with that, yeah. right? Yeah. But then it's yeah. almost like a check engine. I'm, I'm thinking about cars now, but um, it's almost like a check engine light on your car. If you ignore it, right, right. you might be okay for a few miles, but it's going to be bad later so what are some of those things that it could be bad later if you choose to ignore jesus's words on forgiveness right um so many things i would say (laughs) (laughs) because it's so central in christianity you know this this area of forgiveness isn't you know it's not just a tool in the tool belt it's not just a topic it's not just a thought it's like the very crux of the lifestyle and the relationship mm. that we're invited into with Jesus himself, the King of Kings, the one who made this forgiveness even possible right. by his own death on the cross. And it, you know, it's all about the cross. It's all about what was brought there. It's all about Jesus. It's all about living it and walking it out the whole of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so really the the consequences of not not walking that out or not knowing that or not doing that are huge in impact, I would say, every single area of our life from emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, 
ways to, you know, the whole of our eternity. Right. You know? So what are some, uh, like uh, just off the top of my head, if I'm thinking about forgiveness, I'm thinking about the Lord's prayer. I'm also thinking about the parable of the unmerciful servant. Right. And it, and it doesn't end up going really well for that guy. Like he, he's forgiven, right. He's forgiven a big debt. Yeah. You know, it's translated into millions of dollars in whatever currency they use. And his reaction is to not to go and celebrate that he's been forgiven a debt, but to go and, and basically grasp and claw at people who owe him money. Right. So besides those two examples, where else in the Bible do we, we talk about, or we hear about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness? Yeah, that's a great question. In many ways, it's all the way through, right? Because, you know, in the Old Testament, we just had that system um, under the law of of justice um, and they were looking for a perfect animal to sacrifice each year, you know, to to quench, you know, the forgiveness of sins and all of that stuff. And then now we're living in the new covenant and according to New Testament principles, and it is by Jesus alone, you know, Mm -hmm. the perfect sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, that there's even a possibility for for the forgiveness of sins. And then all the way through the Gospels, we see Jesus talking about this, him and John the Baptist calling people into a baptism of repentance, a baptism of forgiveness. There's many um, stories, there's many parables. There's obviously just the graphic descriptions of his own crucifixion. Right. You know, the only way that any of this is possible and then, you know, there's there's many more times um, in Hebrews and other places where it's just really highlighted how Jesus has become the great high priest. He has become the ultimate sacrifice. He has done what the only thing that could make possible our restoration in relationship with God by fully accepting, fully believing, fully receiving and fully mm-hmm. walking out what he did yeah. for us at the cross. Yeah. So I've I think about. I guess starting in the Old Testament when they would they would find like a, a lamb and, and that's where the also the term scapegoat, right, comes right. in because they'd have a, a goat that they sort of... This is what I know. It's not a whole lot, but I seem to remember they'd, you know, give a goat all the sins of the village and say, be gone, goat, yeah. right? Yeah. Get away from us. And then they yeah. take the lamb, which yeah. would, would be the one that... Because I guess in in the law you you have to have blood to atone for right. for sin right and right. so That's good. but that wasn't that wasn't taking care of it right. like a final taking care of it was no. sort of as steve would say mm-hmm. like a bulldozer pushing it off into the future right. to be dealt with another time right yeah. and so there's always when i hear you talk about the old testament it's like the need for forgiveness was mm-hmm. there yeah but it was kind of like it wasn't going to be accomplished until this Messiah that they're looking for. Yeah. The need was there, but not yet the solution. Right. Yeah. And so then if I'm not, if I'm not living in a, in a spot where I'm forgiving or accepting that forgiveness, would you say it's kind of like I've put myself back in that situation Mm. where I, I need a scapegoat and a, a nice looking lamb? Yeah. I think that's exactly right. You know, when we often don't think of it in that conscious way, but I think that's actually um, what happens and what we choose in those moments that we we almost place ourselves back in the justice realm, back in the Old Testament mm-hmm. world, back in the lawland that doesn't 
work you know now it's not the answer it's not the solution to these things instead of living and stepping into the kingdom of the king jesus christ himself where grace and mercy and forgiveness and truth and hope reign yeah so i totally get that on on this side of of things and and hearing about forgiveness and working through forgiveness myself but i i know there's going to be people out there who probably have come from a spot where they're you know, like, I don't know that I've got much to forgive or maybe even all the way to, I don't really want to forgive. And that mm-hmm. justice thing sounds pretty good. Yeah. What, what happens if somebody actually, what happens in someone's life if they actually choose to, whether subconsciously or consciously mm-hmm. live in that justice sort of covenant instead of yeah. the covenant of grace, what happens in someone's life? I think there's actually huge consequences, you know, either either way, when we read Jesus, when we listen to Jesus, when we read the Bible, it lays out that there's two very clear roads and two very clear paths. And one is exactly according to how Jesus said it would be. Mm-hmm. And then the other isn't, you know, and the only way, the only truth, the only life is him. So when we consciously or unconsciously choose the justice realm again i think there's very serious ramifications for that yeah and as far as like you're you're talking to somebody new and and you're trying to get to they're they're saying well i've got i've got something going on and i just i'm not experiencing freedom what what sort of do you see any symptoms that you're like i think there might be some unforgiveness there like mm-hmm. in the uh, not in I guess like almost like a diagnosis, right? Like a right. in a symptom sort of not to make it too medical or right, right, right. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, I do. It would be difficult to to fully know always with that, but yeah, definitely in a general sense, it could be that if forgiveness is there, that we might see um some blockages in people, some struggles to really hear um God's voice, um to ha- feel intimacy with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that we start to see spillings over of you know whether it's pain whether it's lashings out in anger whatever it is but spilling over of stuff that is the buildup of things inside of us and usually with unforgiveness it tends to cause us to look more inward to become more self-focused instead of jesus focused and outward focused so there's probably many more things on that list but yeah i think it definitely creeps into a whole list of symptoms and evidences and fruit that do get displayed in our life when we're walking in unforgiveness. And, and as we said, many times it could even be unknown to us that that right. is even happening. Yeah. I thought that was important because I'm, I'm sure there's people like myself, yourself that yeah. at some, at wherever you are listening, maybe they haven't, haven't even looked at forgiveness before. And, right. and there could be this, this question like, well, why don't I have this? Mm-hmm. Steve talks about this fruit, yeah. right? That that everyone can see. Yeah. And why am I not experiencing right. peace or or um, joy? Right. You know, right? Or intimacy? Right. Even though I know Jesus. Yeah. And I've accepted His forgiveness of me. Yeah, it's good. And I, because th- those are some of the things I, I think get missed. I, I'm I'm assuming they get missed in the the church in North America because and in the West because I never heard of them. Hmm. I never heard of them growing up. Hmm. Um, I guess uh, what I heard about forgiveness was it was maybe like a 
hybrid uh, golden golden rule sort of thing, like do unto right. others as you would have them do unto you. Right. And so with that, I would always think, well, if I murdered your friend, then you're justified in <laughs> hating right. me, right? Right. And so then, then people wrong me or, you know. Right. I think, yeah, sometimes it may get missed um, in our varying church worlds. And, and also I think the enemy has a very clear plan um, to blind us in this area as well. You know, on top of all of that, the world tries to blind us. The enemy tries to blind us. It's just definitely a topic that I don't think the enemy would ever want us really coming to to grips with because it would actually change everything in our lives. Hmm. Yeah. So just in in general, do you do you remember anybody or talk to anybody or maybe anything in in your own life that that's like a drastic switch where somebody just got it with? with forgiveness does anything come to mind many 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 people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and many situations I mean certainly um for myself even though it was a longer journey for light bulbs to kind of go off in me and um, there have been radical differences and changes as a result and then um I just get to have friendships with and work alongside many different people um just in what I have done during life and what I do here mm-hmm. Um, where there have been radical changes and those changes have come directly obviously from Jesus their relationship with Jesus but two specific topics and within that forgiveness and truth actually coming to grips with a real um, encounter with the cross a real encounter with the Lord really receiving his forgiveness for us Mm -hmm. really accepting it believing it really forgiving other people and choosing his truth no matter what the world says, no matter what others say, but yeah. choosing what his truth is, no matter what. And actually all of these things are really an issue of of lordship in our life, okay. you know, who is going to be lord of our lives ultimately. Yeah, go into that a little bit more. What is yeah. I've heard that before, but what is that what does yeah. that mean? Often we can be lord of our own lives without even realizing it or or choosing yeah. that or other things or other people can be. And we don't even notice the subtle shifts and changes that happen. But when Jesus is Lord of our life, when we want him to be, when we ask him to be, and when we allow him to be, then whatever he says has to go, even if it's really tough, you know? And and he does say, like we've said, if you do not forgive, you won't be forgiven. And and Mm -hmm. so many other things, some of the stuff he says, you know, is really challenging to us and really has a standard um, to it. But he loves us so much and Mm -hmm. he enables us and equips us and empowers us for everything that he's calling us to he changes us from the inside out and he wants us to be like him and look like him and be his representatives on this earth this is this incredible thing that we're called into but lordship um as you asked like that's everything within that if i'm going to actually allow him to be on the throne of my life then i'm going to live as he lived in the lifestyle of forgiveness in the lifestyle of truth his truth Mm -hmm. if i'm going to remain on the throne of my life or someone or something else then that's the fruit that I'm going to see in my life. Right. Yeah, I guess, I mean, all the way up until, all the way up until, like, he says, it is finished. He was forgiving people, right? right. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's huge. Max's paraphrase. But huge. that's, I, I mean, for us that are familiar with, with the gospel stories, we might miss that. Mm. But that's huge, right? Like, yeah. forgive, forgiving people that are nailing your hands to a piece of wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I have a hard time forgiving people that cut me off. Yeah. If I'm like, I'm not joking. I'm, I have a hard time. Like mm-hmm. where, where do you get off cutting me off mm-hmm. or, um, have a hard time. Maybe mine are all with driving and cars, but <laughs> when people park poorly and I'm, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, I've got cars on the mind. So, but that's Jesus standard is yeah, so much higher, right? So much higher. And yeah. I, I think of, I guess when I think of lordship, it helps me think of the word Lord when yeah. the, I had in like middle school, I guess, or in, when I was first becoming a Christian, somebody said, you know, like, it's like the Lords in the, the Middle Ages in, what's the name of your town again? Uh, vale of Glamorgan. Yeah, the, yeah. The, did you ever have, you probably had some like fiefdom there back in the day. And <laughs> it, sound, it just sounds like Middle Earth to me. But, it does. <laughs> um, so my brain goes to a place like that with, with the idea of Lordship, right? You, yeah. you put yourself in service to this Lord who controls the land and in, in exchange for your, your food and your shelter and your safety, mm-hmm. you, you do what the Lord says, right? right? And to have Jesus mm-hmm. as Lord, yeah. he has, he has given us life yeah. and peace and eternal life and all this. We, we have sometimes stopped at mm-hmm. doing what he says, Yeah, but that's not, it's, yeah. I'm learning more and more every day. Yeah. That's like not a, yeah. not two separable things. You no. can't separate that. You have to do what he says. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary to me that forgiveness is one of them. Right. You know, he is Lord, like you just said, he is king and he's king of this kingdom, which is his kingdom, you know, and it's this kingdom that he calls us into. And Mm. it's filled with all the opposite things to the world, all the opposite things to unforgiveness and the stuff that we hold on to and the stuff about us. You know, like we've said, it's filled with this grace and this mercy and this joy and this peace and this truth and this hope. Yeah. You know, and it, and forgiveness is one of those things. And yeah, we're called to, to do what he said. It's massive stuff. So what about when, what about when people have a hard time? So people, I don't know if I do something, if I do something to you, it's different for you to be able to forgive me than if, if I do something to myself and forgiving myself, or if I do something mm-hmm. that I, that I hate or that causes me to devalue myself. What about self-forgiveness or forgiving yourself for your past? Mm, you know, in general, what's that? Yeah. What sort of things do people uh, walk out in yeah. forgiveness with that? Or what's, I don't know even how to phrase the question. Yeah. Um, what we've seen over time is that for most of us, probably um, we are one of the hardest people to forgive. Um, and then we, live with these different self-hates and self-dislikes mm-hmm. um, internally and it, it really of course blocks us from yeah. from God from his love and from his mission and his plan in and through us on this earth so yeah in terms of forgiving ourselves um we do really spend a chunk of time on that kind of thing in in prayer ministry when the Holy Spirit brings it up and um, to our attention because it's so important and it's so powerful. We can be one of the biggest blocks in the way mm-hmm. and to the exact mission that God has for us, the exact destiny that God has for us. And that plan is about him and it's, and it's for other people, you know, it's for other people to be brought back to him, reconciled to him. So if there's this huge chasm in the way where we're blocking that flow happening or we think it can't go through us somehow because we're just too bad or too wrong it just causes a huge huge problem you know 
with yeah. with how this is meant to work. So yeah, it, it it's weird, it's strange, but in practice, it could look a little bit like, you know, almost imagining yourself in front of you, you know, if you need okay. to, just getting yeah. kind of real, real practical, real strange. And yeah. just, you know, even saying your own name to yourself, you know, Chloe, you've really hurt me when you yeah. did this, or it really made me mad, all those choices you made, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever you need to get out towards yourself. And this would be similar if we were talking about forgiving other people too, yeah. of course, you know. But at the end of that process, at the end of getting real with ourselves or with another person, really coming to the choice, if we are so willing to say, but in spite of all of that, I choose to release you. I choose to forgive you. Yeah. You know, I release you from my anger. I release you from my hatreds. I release you from my judgments. And I set you free to be you, the mm. person that God actually made you to be. Wow. And there's incredible power in that. Mm-hmm. That's that's really interesting that idea of putting yourself in front of you almost like in the mirror and and imagining you're a separate person because i i read i read somewhere that this is going to sound like it has nothing to do with it but i promise i'll i'll pull it back around um i read somewhere that people are way more likely to give their pets medicine when they're mm-hmm. when their dog is sick or something than they are to actually take their own medicine interesting and and I'll I'll get back to it, but part of it is because the the dog, though it's not human, is not yourself, right? Mm, yeah. So there there have been cases of people who are on like some serious medications, and and you have to take them at certain times, certain days, right? You have to keep going or they don't work. And whether it's conscious or subconscious, it it slips their mind or oh I'll get it later. I'm not going to do that or. Um, and people don't take care of themselves because it's mm-hmm. it's not them. But if it was a like a parent or a brother or a, or a daughter, mm-hmm. then then you're like, oh, take your medicine, come on. Mm-hmm. People take care of even their pets more than they take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if it's even to the point of where it will cost them money, like if you don't take this, you'll have to go on dialysis, and you, all you have to do is yeah. take one pill a day. Yeah. And it'll keep your kidney function up or something hmm. like that. And and they won't do that. Hmm. Um, it just screams unforgiveness, self-hate, dislike, right? Right. And the interesting thing that I've kind of seen in many situations actually with that is that the lies that have been planted in our identity by the enemy, by the world um, around us have often been planted there so early on and so deep that we're really oblivious to many of them until they start surfacing again in our life and until we start seeing the patterns like, oh, that's weird. Why does that keep happening? Why do I keep feeling that way, you know? But until we spot those patterns a lot of the time, they're often these deep, covered, hidden things. And so we don't even know that the the enemy has done that. We don't even know that we've believed in those things, that we've taken on those things. And it's a very sneaky way of, of you know enemy stuff that has filtered into our life yeah. early on but jesus is way bigger he's way more powerful um, and his truth is the truth he cannot lie yeah that makes sense i don't know i think of like man it's it's so hard thinking about well do i do i forgive myself when i do mm-hmm. something i even starting this podcast and having mm-hmm. to listen to my own voice you're gonna <laughs> you're out there listening to my voice while you're mowing the lawn or doing the dishes and 
and my voice doesn't sound bad to you, and it probably doesn't sound bad to you, Chloe, but no. I have to hear my own voice when I'm editing this thing. <laughs> Sometimes if you hit the wrong button when you're playing back the podcast, you can get my voice to go really, 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 really fast at two point, you know, <laughs> 2.5 times, or you can make it go really, really slow. And I just hear that, and I think, like, I don't have a, a really poor self-image of myself, but even, even I struggle with that. Like, right, right. Wow. Right. But if I, if I were to put myself at a, you know, right. Almost like an amnesia and like see myself in a mirror, I wouldn't have any problem. Right. With that, with hearing that person's voice or. Right. You totally. Know? Yeah. And treating, treating yeah. myself. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I think we can often um, actually deep down think more negative things towards ourselves than we even realize. So kind of us in our current day, staying in the practice of very regular moments of self-forgiveness, I think can be really important and powerful. Yeah. You know, yes, forgiving the deep things from the past, maybe, but just even now as we walk along the road, you know, something tiny could have just happened and just regularly being able to yeah. say, Chloe, I forgive you for that. Yeah. I release you for that, you know, or I forgive myself for that, whatever it looks like. There's a lot of things that I... I'll say in a given week that I'll just be like, man, I can't believe I said that. Right, right. And I know if I keep holding on to that, yeah, then it's I'll just beat myself up. Yeah. And I, I guess I've just gotten like, well, I'm I can't take it back. Yeah. And hopefully that person knows me well enough to know that that's not what I meant. But yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I feel like we're just sort of scratching the surface on forgiveness. No, it's huge. Um, but maybe that's because. I literally am just scratching the surface in my life and mm-hmm. in understanding forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, both external, internal, yeah. from Jesus to Jesus, right? Like all yeah. this, yeah, all this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's got um, slightly different layers um, to it in different ways. And definitely there is a pain aspect um, to, to do with forgiveness often that needs yeah. to be healed as well that needs to be brought to the surface in our life because a lot of the time the lies we've believed or the hurts that have happened have had obviously pain attached to them so there needs to be this supernatural removal of pain and healing of pain by the lord himself but then really so much of it is is our choice is our decision is us positioning our life towards you know the end goal of complete forgiveness from the heart which is what we're called to do in the bible from the heart where everything within there has gone has come out we've been honest about it we've been real about it but we're not staying in that place you know and it really is the lifelong journey but something that we need to be very intentional and clear about Mm -hmm. so as we sort of finish up is there anything else you or is there anything you'd like to say to someone who's listening and and might for the first time be thinking i think i've got some unforgiveness any any of those categories what would you say to somebody like that yeah um i just know what a kind of odd slightly vulnerable place um that can kind of be like for a person and i would just really encourage you to to ask jesus you know if there is unforgiveness in your life that he would like you to deal with and if there is he's going to show you mm-hmm. you know whether it's in your daytimes um, or while you're sleeping or whatever it is, he's going to talk to you. He's going to reveal to you and he's going to show you because he wants you to be free. And also just to find some support in your life, just to find some people who um, you can share things with, can start to talk about some things with, and just maybe through that process, some things will become apparent. It's stuff that we don't want to obviously start, you know, navel gazing over or go looking for or whatever. But when, again, Jesus is Lord of our life, he's really in charge of everything and he's very much in charge of this and he wants us to be free even more than we do okay 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, bringing some Welshness to the podcast. <laughs> it's, of course. It's great. Sorry. <laughs> I hope, hope you didn't mind me making fun of you too bad. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Well, before we go, I know I promised a little bit of an update on what's going on in my personal life. So here goes. So here we are in episode 19, and it feels like a really long time ago, but all the way back in episode one, I teased a gender reveal for our third child. And if you missed it a few episodes later, I revealed that, surprise, we're having a baby girl. So uh, if you're keeping count at home, that's three daughters for me, and that's four females in the house and one male, me. And so that's what's going on. And baby is due any day now. So as of this recording, we still just have two children outside the womb and one inside. But that could really change at any moment. So stay tuned next week to hear if we had baby number three. Now along with that, I've also been talking a few times on the podcast about not exactly having enough seats in our vehicle to transport my entire progeny everywhere at once. So we had a 2006 Subaru Outback, which we really, really loved. It could get us everywhere. But the problem was three car seats did not fit across the back seat. Um, and even if they did, that's really hard. Our oldest is is three and a half, and uh, that's Jovi. And Arrow is almost two. She'll be two on the 27th of August. So uh, happy birthday coming up, Arrow. But it wasn't going to be ideal having three children in the back of our our Subaru, even though we really liked it. So we've been looking for a new car for quite some time now. And the way things work around here is we've been talking about following men of good fruit. So following people that have a, I guess, a, a good track record of making good decisions. So when we became when it became apparent that we would need a new car, I went to Steve and Jordy, and they both gave me some really good advice. So Steve said, hey, the Lord is going to provide something. He called you here. He called you to have another child. The Lord's going to provide. Um, so it was a little bit vague, and, and we thought, okay, well, that's, that's really comforting, but uh, what am I supposed to do? Do I need to do anything? Do I need to go make it happen? Uh, in my own strength, it's, I guess it's my... That's my go-to is to to figure out how I can make it happen on my own. So I, I asked Jordy, who's really good at helping me understand Steve, and he said, you know what? Whatever happens, it's it's going to come out easy. You don't you don't want to do and he, he told me about a time when he had pushed his way into a car um, and it became a really big ordeal. And that's actually what happened to us when we when we bought the Subaru, I'd always, always, always wanted a Subaru Outback. And I thought it would be really cool to have one. And so I jumped on the first one that was available. It was a manual, which wasn't awesome for Sharia, uh, learning how to drive that in the hills of California. Um, wasn't awesome for my Uber career as a, as a driver in the biggest city close to here, which is San Francisco. If you know anything about San Francisco and hills and manual transmissions, you know that's not really ideal. Uh, so we just sort of jumped at it, and two weeks after we bought it, the engine blew up. So instead of buying a car for a good price, we ended up buying a car and a motor for that car. So I have a lot of, 
I guess I have a good track record of, or a bad track record of pushing into a car. And so Jordy's advice was, whatever you do, don't do that. Don't push it. If it's going to happen, it's going to feel easy. Things are going to fall into place. So yesterday, after a couple weeks of advertising our car on sale, I found a buyer, a young guy by the name of Marcus, and I just knew that this was the right move. So I told Marcus, hey, I'm not really in the business of of making every last cent I can off of you. So if there's something that doesn't seem right to you, ask me about it. I told him everything about the car, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I told him, make me an offer. So he, he gives, gives me an offer and I do one of those, take it, take a look at it, slide it back. That was in my mind. We actually just were texting, but it sounds cooler to make it sound like a mob movie. And uh, I felt the Lord saying to me, give him a discount. Which, if you if you know, uh, well, if you're anything like me, that's not you know that's not coming from me. That's got to be the Lord because uh, I don't like giving people discounts. I like you know for me, if it was up to me, I would just push the the piece of paper back and ask for more. But I knew it was the Lord, and so I wanted to make sure I blessed this guy with the car. And he he ended up buying it yesterday for cash, which was great because it meant that we could put a down payment on a car yesterday. So we we had pushed ourselves into a car back in Canada right before we came down, probably about two weeks before we visited the Father's House Church for the first time. And what we ended up having was a great car that was way too much for us. It wouldn't have been too much for us had we uh, stayed in the let's make as much money as possible and keep a bunch of it for ourselves sort of lifestyle. But uh, right after we signed the papers for that, two weeks later, we found ourselves here and and found a little bit of a calling on us that developed into a big calling on us to come down and serve here where we are volunteers. And so we ended up having to sell that car too at a loss with some help from family. And uh, and so this time we were just like, all right, we're not going to, we're not going to get a car that's too big for for us to afford or too fancy or anything. Uh, but we also don't want to get another Subaru that, that we buy and it's a little bit too old and it has to break down. So we, we were relying on Jesus to tell us which car, which deal, which dealership, all of that. And, uh, ready to pull the plug at any minute if it wasn't going to work out. So we, we went to a dealership that had the majority of the cars that we were looking at. SUVs were my thing. Sherea really wanted a van. And and we tried. We brought our car seats, and these guys were laughing at us as we were installing car seats into different models. Quickly found out that a an SUV, even a three-row SUV, wasn't going to be quite big enough for for us and to be able to use, you know, at all. So we ended up, you know, really falling in love with a... A Honda Odyssey, which I like Hondas too, and it was it was funny because I found myself actually getting excited. But our goal wasn't to buy this particular Honda uh, because we just wanted to compare a bunch side by side, and it just happened to be that this dealership had them. Um, and we were pretty sure, as as full time non workers uh, with a self employed income from Uber, that we weren't going to really be able to get financed. Um, we'd have to go jump through a bunch of other hoops. But we decided to ask them to run the paperwork anyway, and, and they came back with some high interest rate number. 
even though we have decent credit, it was just, you know, like, okay, well, that's right. This is a closed door. We'll, we'll keep searching for that open door that Jesus has later the next day. Uh, the guy calls us back and said, Hey, we found an interest rate. That's half of what we offered you before. And we got the payments down to what you could afford. Do you want to come in? And, uh, at this point we hadn't sold the Subaru yet. So we said, okay, well, we'll, we'll keep you posted. But you know, we weren't really thinking about it, but Everything came together yesterday on a Sunday when banks aren't open. We sold the car. Our our friend Marcus was super pumped about it. He was he was looked like he was ready to climb out the giant sunroof and and hang out hang out with his arms waving in the wind. He was just on top of the world, which made me really happy. And by the end of the evening, we were driving our our new to us Honda Odyssey and and it's just been amazing how Jesus has provided us with something that's not too extravagant, but it's still nice enough that we just feel the love of the Lord coming at us because, wow, we didn't think we could afford something this nice, and uh, and he's really provided for us. So we're, we're just a little bit on top of the world and uh, kind of expecting baby to come any minute now that we've got some of these bigger things figured out. So... Uh, thanks for bearing with my little update there. I'll try to add a few more as baby comes and baby grows, and I'm really interested to see how older sisters are de- going to deal with baby sister, but more on that later. Thank you so much. And now if you've been enjoying The Uncommon Truth and, and you think somebody else would like it, definitely go ahead and share it with friends and family. And if you have been enjoying it, go ahead and rate us on iTunes, which helps jump us up charts there so that more people can find conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. We'd really appreciate that. If you want to know more about the Father's House and the things we do here, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got YouTube with sermons on there. We've got our websites. All of that is in the show notes directly below the episode. So if you're listening on your phone, just scroll down. Uh, and you'll find the show notes. They'll have links to our, our social media, have links to our websites. It will have my email, so you can give me feedback. You can ask me questions that you'd like to hear talked about on the podcast. All of that fun stuff, it's all there. So that's all we've got for The Uncommon Truth this week. Thanks for listening. I'm off to go pack my go bag and check on my wife, and I will catch you next time on The Uncommon Truth.